Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now that word join, ultimately a word that, well, it's a simple word for you and I today. And the word is permanent. They're joined together to last forever. Don't let any man separate them. So here's what you want to write this morning. This is a great definition for you. And as you're raising children, as you're dating, understand this principle. Marriage is a lifetime commitment between two imperfect spouses and one perfect God. We try to work so hard at marriage. There are books that take all kinds of approaches to making your marriage better, how to understand your mate better, to increase intimacy, and so on. These can be helpful. We all know that our marriages aren't what we'd like them to be. Oftentimes, these books leave some important things out, which will be addressed in today's teaching. Pastor Mark will be sharing some facts that we need to be reminded of. The fact that we need God desperately at the center of our lives first then at the center of our marriages, that is the most important. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Matthew chapter 19 with his continuing study, Because God Says So, I Will Do Marriage, Family, and Dating God's Way. You can turn to the last book in the Old Testament. Malachi will be there. And then we'll go right on after that to the first book in the New Testament. So just head right there. Again, glad to have all of you with us. I want to show you this morning uh, just a little picture and see if you can learn from this. I'm doing this for all the husbands and the guys that are dating people. I'm doing this for you. That's my wife yesterday. Does anybody notice anything in her hand? I never heard one guy say flower, but I heard women say flowers. And that was the roses that I went and got her yesterday morning at 7.15 because they were fresh at 7.15. Now notice, guys, I said roses. One rose does not do it, baby. You're in trouble. It will not be a good week. Now, I don't know what you're going to get on Valentine's Day, but I'm trying to save your skin. So there it is, your pastor volunteering you. Amen. Ladies, come on. Give them one of these right now. Give them Come on. That's it. Now, Linda and I were, when we celebrated our 50th back in November, we went on a cruise. And I want to show you what the top of the, the cruise line, we were on the Celebrity Equinox. I want to show you what the top floor on the cruise was. That's real grass. That's not artificial grass. The top deck is all grass. It was amazing. We had games, we played, we did whatever. You see, that grass that's there, now how are they going to keep that grass healthy? How are they going to do it? Let's say the three words together. Here we go. 
Commitment. Next word. Hard work equals what? Healthy. That lawn, if you don't feed it, if you don't water it, if you don't mow it. I was up there one day, I'm thinking, I got to watch this guy mow that sucker. Are you kidding me mowing on the top of a ship? He was doing it. But if you don't do that, if you don't do the weeds, that grass will not be healthy. In fact, it'll look unhealthy. And you know what will happen next? It'll die. So today we're going to do something maybe strange for you, but I think it, it will be very... This is my wife on the deck looking from a different angle at the grass. And this morning, the grass is your marriage. The question is, is your marriage, is the grass healthy or not? Is it nice and green? It's trimmed. It looks healthy. It's breathing healthy. Is your marriage healthy or not? Now, if it's going to be healthy, we learn some words. If I'm going to have a healthy marriage, I have to have, what's the first word? You guys are going to be here till one o'clock now. You know that. If you don't get it right, I just keep going. And the doors are locked, so it don't matter. What was the first word? Commitment. Hello. That's the wall we're going to build this morning. Commitment. What's the second wall we're going to build? Look up there. Communication. Last week was the what? Foundation. Foundation. So if I'm going to have a healthy marriage, it's going to take commitment and hard work. For how long? Those of you that are married for a long while, how long? Till you die. I'm sorry, that's it. It it can't be temporary. It can't be spasmodic. It's hard work and it's commitment our whole lives. Now, we're going to learn how to actually do that. Two walls this week, commitment and communication. Next week, we're going to talk about security, how to fight Satan for our marriages. See, it's a spiritual battle. And then we're going to talk about intimacy. You don't want to miss that one. We always have a lot of fun when we talk about sex. Intimacy is not just sex. It's emotional and spiritual intimacy as well. So we'll have a great time next week. Now, remember how God designed marriage. The world doesn't understand this, but this has never changed. Here's how God designed marriage. One man, one wife, in relationship with God. God designed marriage to be a threesome. God, husband, wife, and relationship. Marriage is not a twosome. When you're dating, this is your goal. You should not be dating a person that isn't a believer. If you never date a person that's not a believer, you will never marry an unbeliever. What do you think are the two greatest choices in life? Here they are. The first choice is this. Your choice to either accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, get your sins forgiven, guaranteed you're going to heaven, or do life on your own. Number one choice in all the world, because it's all about you. Everybody was designed to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Not to know about God. Satan knows about God. You have to come to a place in your life where you ask God to forgive you, accept his grace and forgiveness, and by faith, you begin to follow him. If you've not done that today, this would be a great time for me to do an altar call, but I'm just trying to say later this will happen. The number one choice you'll have is absolutely, have you chosen to follow Jesus Christ? Remember, when Adam and Eve were created, they were given the gift of choice. God said, you can obey me, or you can do your own thing. And they did their own thing. That's why we struggle today. So the number one thing you see there, the number one choice in your whole life is choose Christ or reject Christ. Here's the second. Who you marry 
is your second greatest choice in life. If you pick a godly person, is it going to be tough in the marriage? Yes, because it's going to take a lot of hard work. If you pick an ungodly person, then you're going to have a very difficult time. And you're going to struggle with that your whole life. So there's the two biggest choices. Not what education you get, not how much money you make, not what you're doing, what town you're going to live in, where you're going to work. None of that. Those are all important things. But the greatest two decisions are simply there. Now, when you think about that and you think, we learned this last week, there are no do-overs in life. But we can start over. So when I talk about marriage and dating and homes, we all have do-overs we'd like to do. In our marriages, in our dating, you, you can't do them. But here's what God says. I'll give you a start over. Now watch how this, when we do marriage in life, we're not doing it alone. Take a look at this, this second triangle. Let's go back to that second triangle, would you? God's design. Has God's design ever changed for marriage? Now the world's defined it different, but God's never defined it different. Second, God's directing your marriage. He is directing it through the word of God. And number three, God empowered. You can't do that. Now, here comes a slide to show you that you and I can't do dating and family and marriage by ourselves. Here's the scripture. You just saw it. Take a look at this verse. This is amazing. Psalm 127. Let's go back to Psalm 127. There we go. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is simply what? It's what? Absolutely wasted. That means this. We are inadequate on our own to build a healthy marriage, family, and home. You can't do it by yourself. God directed, God designed, God empowered. Can I hear an amen? Amen. See, what I'm going to teach you this morning for myself as well, because I'm married. How in the world are we going to do this? Now, the first thing we're going to talk about this morning is commitment. When you talk about marriage, there's two letters that people don't like. C means commitment. The other letter is S, submission. We don't like either one of those. But we're going to talk about the wall of commitment. A young boy was attending his first wedding. After the service, his cousin who was with him said to him, how many women can a man marry? And the young boy responded immediately, 16. And the cousin says, what are you talking about? 16, how do you know that? And the young boy said, it's easy. Didn't you listen to what the pastor said in the sermon? He said, what are you talking about? For better, for worse, for richer, for poor. Yeah, how many glad that's not true? Amen. 16 mothers-in-law. Okay, here we go. Sometimes marriage is, well, confusing. I want you to pay attention to these next verses. And the key word is joined. Say it with me. Joined. Joined. Here we go. First verse at the start of humanity. Second verse, Jesus. Genesis 2.24. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Later, Jesus says this. So they are no longer two, 
but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. That word join in the original language in the Old Testament and the New Testament simply means this, to hold fast, to glue together, super glue. So watch me, husband, wife, and when they get married, God makes them one. The pastor doesn't make them one. God makes them one. Now that word join, ultimately a word that, well, it's a simple word for you and I today, and the word is permanent. They're joined together to last forever. Don't let any man separate them. So here's what you want to write this morning. This is a great definition for you. And as you're raising children, as you're dating, understand this principle. Marriage is a lifetime commitment between two imperfect spouses and one perfect God. See, the person you married is imperfect just like you. There are no perfect marriages. There are no perfect people. There's no perfect churches, but we have a perfect God today. And that's the one directing your life. Now, most people, when they get married today, it's very different. When they get married today, they think divorce is naturally just a, well, it's, it's, it's a viable option. When their marriage doesn't bring them self-fulfillment and happiness, they just go on to the next spouse. It's done. Recently, I was reading one of the, one of the marriages in Hollywood. And so many people take those marriages as a role model. God help us. They were married four days and went on to. And the world goes, well, well, that's fine. They didn't like what they had. They just go to the next person. Now, God never designed that. He never designed that at all. God says, if you're going to listen to me, you need to do marriage God's way. Now, listen. Correct living is rooted in correct belief. If you think wrong, if when you get married... You think, well, if this doesn't work out, no big deal, on to another marriage. That's what our world teaches. That is not what God teaches. Now, I have lots of exceptions to this as we go through, so relax. Because there are no perfect people. And as you see that, understand this. So look at Malachi. I've asked you to turn there. Last book, Old Testament, chapter 2 in your Bibles. It's important you see this because this is truth. This is truth from God's word. Here we are. Malachi 2. 14, all the way back, just a little after creation, Adam and Eve, divorce and marriage became a problem. And we go all through the Old Testament, and it's a problem. Well, here we are toward the end of the Old Testament, and people are asking, they're just getting divorced. So God's going to come to them and say, you're my people. Did you not remember how we created you? And we get, right after this, we'll talk about Jesus. Jesus 2,000 years ago, they're asking the same question. Not how can we stay married, how can I get a divorce? What's, what's my outs? So it's always been a problem. Now watch this. Here's God. Look at verse 14. You ask why. It is because the Lord is acting as the witness between you and the wife of your youth. Because you have broken faith with her. Though she is your partner the wife of your marriage, here's a word most people don't know today, your marriage covenant. Look at what Proverbs 2.17 says. She has abandoned her husband and ignores the covenant 
she made before God. So write this down and let me unpack it for you. God designed marriage as a covenant and not a contract. Now we're familiar with contracts. If you're going to have somebody do some work on your house, paint it, redo something, you're going to buy a car, you're going to buy some insurance, you're going to get some extended warranty, which you probably should never do on a piece of equipment. You're going to sign a thing. And a contract is an agreement between two parties and a mutual exchange of of goods or services. If at any time you fail to deliver on your part of the contract, I'm free to dissolve it. So for instance, you're going to paint my house and you get started and you're doing a really terrible job. And I'm going to go out and say, look, you promised to paint this color. You got the wrong color on there. Well, I don't care. I didn't like the color you pick. I'm picking that color. Now, what is my right? You're gone. I'm stopping the contract. So a contract limits our responsibilities and it absolutely protects our rights. It's my right to say to you, you're not doing it right. You're done. That is not marriage. Now, difference is this. In a covenant, we give up our rights and we assume our responsibilities. It's very different. By the way, if you're getting married and there's two believers getting married and you want a prenuptial agreement, you're wrong. You say, well, Pastor Mike, that wife or that husband may steal all my money. My side of the family's got money. No, you sign a prenuptial. What are you saying? I can't wait. Because I know there's going to be a divorce. That is the wrong way to start marriage. That is never the way God designed marriage. So you understand how that works. It's very simple. Now, a covenant is all or nothing. A covenant is initiated by a vow to God and a vow to your spouse. Let me just show you how marriage works. When I, I don't do it too much anymore, but when I, I married hundreds of people, when they're standing before me, I don't make them one. Here's the husband and wife. I don't make them one. God makes them one. All I do is perform. And they're making a vow to each other. And they're making a vow to God in front of people. So that's what marriage is. It's a covenant making a vow between God, a promise, and to each other. Let me explain this because many of you don't know this. The word covenant means to cut to bleed. In the Old Testament, it was very common. We see it with Abraham and Noah and others. An animal would be cut. It would bleed. And they would walk between them and agree that I'm making a covenant. God would make the covenant with Adam. He does in marriage with Noah, Abraham, so forth, as he walked through and made these covenants. Covenant simply means the intermingling of blood. Intermingling between two people. So whatever the arrangement was, it was ratified by blood. Now that's strange to us because we don't do that together uh, with animals or whatever. But it was part of the deal with God in the Old Testament. Now, what does that mean for us? God designed a woman so that when, as a virgin, she consummates her marriage with her husband, there is shedding of blood. God designed a woman with a hymen so that when there's love between a husband and wife, there would be mingling of blood. And that was the blood covenant in marriage. Now today, 
because of all people that wish to have some do-overs, obviously doesn't happen much of the time. Somebody they don't even know, one night, or all kinds of things like that. But this is the way it was done. So understand what God was trying to say. It's a big deal. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. See, if we look at marriage as a contract instead of a covenant, you know what I'm looking for? I'm always looking simply for loopholes. I'm going to get out of this thing. I'm not interested in it. It's not what I thought it was. I'm out. That's not at all what a covenant is. If we look at marriage as a contract instead of a covenant, we're going to demand our way instead of accept my responsibilities. God went on to say something that you've probably heard before. It's found in Malachi. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? He's talking to these people that are trying to always get a divorce, the Jewish people. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does God want from that marriage? Well, first of all, he wants godly children from your union. God put our children in our home so they would know God by watching parents, listening to parents, taking the role model, and then they would leave and make a choice to follow God. So guard your, say it with me this morning, your heart, remain loyal to the wife of your youth, stick with it, glue, super glue, permanent. Why? For I hate divorce, says the Lord. See, divorce destroys the whole concept of covenant and destroys God's design of marriage and oneness for a lifetime. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that's pretty hard. It is hard, but it's true. Let me ask you to write this next word. Look at this. God hates divorce, but loves the people who have divorced. Does that make sense to you? See, in this room... We have lots of people who have been lots of times divorced. Some of you are thinking about one right now and haven't even been divorced. Some of you are living together, never been married. And God's speaking to you. God's truthful. It destroys marriage. You say, well, Pastor Mark, where do you find that in the Bible? That God hates divorce, but he loves divorced people. Remember the woman at the well? When Jesus met the woman at the well... He began talking to her. He said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You've had five. You've been divorced five times and now you're living with someone. And Jesus said, I'm sorry, God hates divorce. See ya. Did he say that? No. He offered what? Grace? Did he give her a do-over? No, he gave her a start-over. Can I hear an amen? Anybody ever here need a start-over? Like every day, I need to start over. But let's not minimize divorce. So Pastor Mark told us that marriages were always intended to have three members. Interesting. But if we've tried to make marriage work without God's active involvement, we know how impossible that can be. We were reminded that marriage involves two imperfect people and that we need our perfect God at the head of the marriage for it to succeed. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, we will continue with the message, Because God Says So, I Will Do Marriage, Family, and Dating God's Way. We'll learn what God had to say about marriage in the Old Testament, as well as God's view of divorce. It's talked about too. We will be taught about one of the most important things we can do to make our marriages better and more peaceful. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Because God Says So. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.